This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Should he stay or should he go? That's the big question on today's Football Social Daily. And I don't mean should Marley make a trip to Greg's this morning for a bacon butty. I'm on about <laughs> he's already been. I'm on about Cristiano Ronaldo and his future at Manchester United. Rumours rampant over the weekend that he's asked to leave the club if a suitable offer comes in for him. So does he stay at Old Trafford or should he depart? We'll tackle that on today's episode of the podcast. Potential departures at Old Trafford and it's one in, one out across town at the Etihad. Gabriel Jesus has left and signed for Arsenal and Calvin Phillips has come in and signed for City. Plus we pick up on the latest gossip on the back pages with Everton, Nottingham Forest, West Ham and Fulham all on the agenda. As always, you won't miss a show if you hit subscribe. Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays out of the season before we're back to daily shows when the Premier League campaign kicks off again on the 6th of August. My name's Niall, this is Football Social Daily and as already mentioned, Marley Anderson is with us today. You did actually go to Greg's then, mate, did you? I did, yes. Of course I did. It's Monday, so that's why I go to Greg's. If the day ends in Y, I go to Greg's. You said to me last week, I'm back from holiday... The diet has started. <laughs> oh, it's just, a, it's just a turn of phrase. Rex <laughs> is part of the diet, Jim. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't specify what the diet yeah, this is. Yeah, true. Yeah, and that other voice you can hear, Jim Salverson, if you're a regular listener to Football Social Daily, you'll know on a Monday that Jim is steering the ship. But today, he's the other side of the desk. Morning, Jim. Morning, Noel. And I went to the cricket last night, had a few beers, I must be honest, as you do, and I thought, Monday tomorrow, Jim's hosting the podcast. <laughs> I can get away with it. I can have a couple of extra pints. 8.30 this morning. Hey, Niall, I've got about 400 meetings today. You're going to have to do the podcast. So cheers for that, Jim. (laughs) But we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Only one place to start, and that is at Manchester United today, where Cristiano Ronaldo's future is in doubt. Just a year after they signed the legendary centre-forward, he could be on his way out of Old Trafford. The reports on the back pages and through several newspapers as well and online are that, that Ronaldo wants to leave Manchester United if the club receive an appropriate offer for him this summer whatever that is supposed to mean. First question, Jim, are you surprised at this news or are you not considering how things went last season for United? I'm not surprised that Ronaldo is on the back page of the papers again (laughs) in some capacity because there seems to be a different story about him that emerges every single week. The actual nature of this headline, it's very difficult to know what to believe and what not to believe when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo because the name sells headlines, it sells papers and it gets click-throughs on websites. You don't know what's made up and what's not. Mm. But I think it's difficult to deny that Ronaldo has not been a happy figure at Manchester United over, well, in his second spell completely. It's not gone, gone the way he intended. And as important as he has been to that team and their I'd say success last season, but I use the term success incredibly lightly in the scenario of what Manchester United have achieved over the last 12 months. I think he's been important, but you can understand that he isn't happy and he wants to finish his career on a high. And whether he can do that at Manchester United in their current state is a completely different question. What I would say is as important as he has been and the goals that he has provided Manchester United have been important, I do think there's a case to be made for ripping off the sticky plaster. 
because Ronaldo is not part of Manchester United's future. He can't be at his age. And Ten Hag will be looking to reform and reshape that squad. So whether you do it now or whether you do it in 12 months' time, mm. I don't think it really matters from Manchester United's point of view. I kind of like the idea that you get rid of him now, you bring in a replacement and you start rebuilding from this point rather than let him hang around. But from Ronaldo's point of view, you can understand it. If he wants to leave and he wants to finish his career on a high, it's yeah. probably not going to be at Manchester United. He's got a year left on his contract. United have the option of an extra year, so potentially two years remaining. So what, so 37 by then? Is he 35 he's 30, now? 37, 38 now, I think. Is so he? He'd probably be 39 he's 32, by the time he leaves. Yeah. Well, yeah. so he'd be 39, potentially. Mm, potentially, yeah. So, I mean... That is something worth bearing in mind because if Manchester United are going to get a fee for him, they kind of have to sell him now. Mm. Otherwise, he could leave on a free at the end of next season if they don't trigger an option in the contract or whatever. I think that's really interesting what you say about what does he want for his future in the next couple of years and Manchester United's future and do they align and stuff like that because we know about Ronaldo Marley. He's Mr. Champions League. He's the record goal scorer in Champions League history. However, if he stays at Manchester United, he'll be playing Europa League next season. I don't know if this is true because I haven't looked into the stats, but I read a report earlier saying that if he played in the Europa League next season, it would be the first ever time that he's played in the Europa League. So how much yeah, be, could yeah. this potentially be ego-driven from Cristiano Ronaldo? This potential thought process of, oh, I've never played in the Europa League before and I don't deserve to be playing in the Europa League. Do you think that comes into it a little? Uh, I'm not sure he's he's that bothered about not playing in the Europa League. I think he's just more bothered about the fact that Man United aren't going to win the Premier League next season and they're in no position to, to challenge for it. When you look at where City and Liverpool are compared to them uh, and the moves Tottenham are making and, and what Chelsea have already got in terms of a building block, they're you know, at best of the fifth best team in the Premier League um, without sort of starting with Ten Hag. Obviously, he might coach them to a, to a better finish. He might finish third with them, but... The the gap between City and Liverpool and the rest is so big that Ronaldo doesn't he can't ignore that mm. and I think he looks at he looks at Real Madrid who are still winning things and he probably thinks oh I'd like to be back there you know they've just won Champions League without me you know Benzema's pretty much provided them with that basis to to go and win them the Champions League does he want to go back there I don't know because it's like things like this don't don't really get leaked if there's not a plan. Like if there's, there's there must be a plan from George Mendes. There must be someone interested mm-hmm. because you don't just say yeah. Ronaldo wants to leave because it's not like fifteen clubs can go. Well, there's an offer. There's yeah. like five clubs in the world. One of them is PSG. Well, I saw Napoli linked in the paper, which I thought was bizarre. I thought I saw that, Napoli. and but it kind of made sense to me purely because I'm thinking of we've all seen the, the um, Maradona documentary yeah right? the murals around Naples Nap- and he turns up at Napoli mm. and it's like it's it, it's chaos it's carnage you yeah. could see that playing into Cristiano Ronaldo's ego it's the ego driven thing again. how good would that be though if that kind of moment <laughs> happened again with Ronaldo instead of Maradona and that would kind of cement him in that similar kind of status as well which I think is kind of what he wants to yeah. be like a cult hero yeah. of uh, yeah it's the best thing about Naples that as well the all the all the stuff all not the, the pizza then <laughs> the the photo of Maradona well <laughs> well yeah I'm, I'm claiming the pizza sorry Marley um, let's get the thought of a man certainly not the scenery <laughs> he, he has <laughs> played in the um, Europa League before actually back when it was the UEFA Cup oh he so. played twice okay. for Porto against Belgrade so for he Porto? has played twi- for Sporting uh, Sporting yeah. Rather, yeah played yeah. twice I think that's his next move Sporting in a year's time yeah yeah yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll wait and see, won't we? Absolutely. Their pre-season tour, Manchester United, starts next week. He's actually not turned up to training today, Cristiano Ronaldo, citing family reasons. Let's get the opinion of a Manchester United fan. We've got Liam with us in the studio today. He's doing some work experience at Sports Social. You highlighted before the show that you're a bit heartbroken about this news, mate. How are you feeling? I mean, it's most Man United fans' worst nightmare this really, isn't it? Like... I think the relationship that Ronaldo has with the fans and the fans have with Ronaldo, it, it's so strong. And it sort of shows this move that it's it's very ego-driven, I think. I think he, his love for the fans, obviously, he still has that. But mm. I think he's going to want to... He's the top-scoring Champions League player. He's going to want to add to his tally, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, I think the fact that he's playing in Europa League does have a big impact on this on this idea that he wants to leave. And also the fact that we're sitting fifth, sixth in the table. Mm. Obviously, we we know of Ronaldo. He's ambitious. He's uh, he's one of those players who he thinks about himself before his team really, doesn't he? And I think everything he's done in his career is 
very self-centered mm. and uh i just think i think united should let him go i think should let him do what he needs to do because I mean, last season, bringing him back was brilliant and every United fan loves him for what he did. Every bright spark that we had last season was through him. Mm. I think he got 24 goals in all competitions. Um, but I just think it's time to let go now for him and for the club. Mm. I think it would be the best idea to let him go because we've got a new manager now yeah. and he's going to need a we need a young striker. I think also the, the days of the sort of strike that Ronaldo is like just a number nine yeah I don't I, th- I think with the players we've got as well Sancho potentially bringing in Anthony mm. and it, these little wingers I don't think it complements having just a number nine who you swing it into the box for mm. I just I just think we need to let go because the games especially for United with Ten Hag the way, wants, the way he wants to play I don't think Ronaldo is the answer are you still pleased that he came back? I am very pleased that he came back. Because he seems to have been hammered by United fans for the season. I've he's never. Been. I don't think. I, I, I think I, it's the press more than anything. Yeah, I don't think he's that, an easy target. Yeah, I've spoken to a lot of United fans about it. I don't think. I don't think anyone's complaining that he's come back because I think it was just the way it happened. I think the start of last season we brought in Varane, Sancho. Everyone thought this year we're going to push for the title. Mm. Bringing Ronaldo back, one of our greatest ever players, I think. Mm. We thought it, it, it's happening, and uh, obviously it didn't go to plan. Yeah, uh, especially when you beat Leeds on the first day, and everyone yeah. was like, "What?" And Ronaldo hadn't even signed. Didn't for they get Varane at half time? And no, he came out. Was that the, the one? Game, hanging, yeah. Like, yeah, with the shirt, shirt and, and everyone yeah. was buzzing. Paul, I was at Paul the game Pogba got four assists as well, and that didn't work out quite as expected. Even Fred scored on the day. That's well, when you knew you should have knew something was wrong. Like yeah. If 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 Fred's scoring against these, they're in trouble. <laughs> but I mean that's the fairy tale, isn't it? That's the dream, that's the romanticism of football. Ronaldo comes back, mm. returns to his old club and helps win the title for Manchester United the first time in nearly ten years. I mean, these things you dream about them, but they very rarely happen mm. in football. And I think that Liam makes some good points there, Jim, about Ten Arg in particular, the new Manchester United manager. How much of a blow is this potential news that he could leave to Ten Hag, or was the new manager Half expecting it, perhaps. I mean, if, as I said, if he wasn't expecting it now, he's expecting it next year, or at the very most, the year after. So I'm sure there will be plans in place about how he wants to play in a post-Ronaldo era, and it might bring those plans forward. I actually think the biggest challenge Manchester United have are Manchester United as a commercial entity, which fans hate hearing about, but it's very true. I mean, there are very few superstars, if mm. any superstars, in that Manchester United team. Mm. And part of what is its vital to Manchester United is to keep their status as the world's biggest club. And you can't really do that without superstars because you need to be able to attract that global audience. So that's Mm. the big problem, I think. In terms of a footballing issue, I think it's relatively easy to overcome. I mean, Manchester United obviously have issues that their four players aren't firing or aren't happy. Ronaldo wants to leave. Has Cavani left or is he? He's gone. He's gone gone now. Greenwood isn't going to be playing football for the near future. Rashford's off the boil. Martial, I don't know what's Happened to Marsh, waiting yeah. for an offer, I think. Yeah, he yeah. just wants to go somewhere. So they've got a real hole in terms of their striking options. Mm. But Ronaldo leaving does free up quite a lot of yeah. cash. I mean, if you look at the Ten Hag way, though, he plays sometimes with a false nine, sometimes with a conventional number nine. We mm. saw Alaire kind of flop at West Ham, really, and then go to Ajax and be unbelievable. Yep. So there's potential there. That. Like, if that if this news had came at the start of the summer, this Ronaldo news, you know, would he have would he have gone? Would you know? Could I go and get Alaire? Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I I said to you, didn't I? When you let him go, he's 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 good. Yeah, you need to give him mm. more quality. But now he's gone to Dortmund, and yeah, he's a replacement for Haaland and all the little carousel moves round again. But I'm just thinking, who's out there for Man United now? That's what I was just thinking. What about a swap deal with Bayern for Lewandowski? But it solves the superstar problem. Mm. It does, but... But again, I think we're in the same thing. The same he's thing 35 he, years he's old. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know, Liam, you're probably a good person to ask as a United fan. We've seen come through the doors of Old Trafford, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We've seen Ronaldo, who's in his late 30s. You know, if Lewandowski comes in, yeah. there's another one. Cavani's in his sort of mid-30s Igalo now. Igalo was 30. Igalo mm. was 30. Well, you know, there we go. So it's probably the best trick <laughs> for a little while. Are you wanting younger players, yes. fresher players to come Completely. and grow with the club? I like what Arsenal are doing. They, break, they don't sign old players. And I know we're sort of in the same bracket as Arsenal at the moment, but... I can see. Well, that's a painful statement. Yeah, oh, there. It's true. It's true, and it's going to be so depressing. What's this new 
Arsenal documentary comes out, they're gonna be watching that and thinking that is the level that we're at. And it's <laughs> but I just think we do we need these new young players, and I think Tenag's perfect for that. I really do because mm. obviously under Oli there was no strategy at all. It was just sort of and I don't know because but it looked very much like we were just signing players who were like big name players mm. and under Mourinho as well. Zlatan we brought in mm. and. Uh, even before that, like Schweinsteiger, these big names who are just passed, completely passed it. And I think it's very, it, it just shows the commercial side of the club. I think we're trying to mm. bring in big names to get shirt sales and stuff. But okay. hopefully, like with Ten Hag, I hope that we've we got a vision now. Because I was thinking about it the other day, the last proper manager we had was Mourinho. And that was 2018. And that just ended so badly. And I think since then we've had Oli for three years, I think it was, and then Ranić, which whatever that was, I don't know. <laughs> but um, and I don't know whether that was his fault or he just completely got no backing from the players or the board or whatever. But hopefully we've got a vision now, and I believe that within. Okay. I'm going to make an outrageous statement, but within four <laughs> seasons or five seasons, hopefully if he gets backed, I think we could be. Back up there with the Do you know boys. what? I think it ended badly. Should be on the Manchester United club crest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronaldo, Pogba, yeah. Jose Mourinho, yeah. Ed Woodward. It ended badly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a news club motto. Well, just yeah. finally, Jim, on this, and you talk about the commercial side of it, both of you. Ronaldo allegedly, according to Simon Stone, who's a well-renowned BBC journalist, he says that Ronaldo has been told he must go on this pre-season tour, which leaves later this week, to Thailand and Australia. You talk about the lack of superstars in that Manchester United squad. Obviously, commercially, Cristiano Ronaldo brings huge uh, pull. Mm. So any deal that potentially could be done for Cristiano Ronaldo, with that in mind, if he is going on this preseason tour, which is going to last for two or three weeks, it's not going to be soon, is it, if he's going to be out of the country? No, I mean, I don't... I, whether Manchester United can tie him in for that period or not, I guess is a, another case, and whether he actually has to go on that tour deal, that, that deal for the Far East, because surely the value they'd get getting rid of wages and getting a transfer fee would outweigh the value of players coming to well, fans coming to watch those games or the outside yeah but they've probably arranged this tour on the back of you know it's the far east they want to see Ronaldo they mm. probably arranged this last summer saying we can bring Ronaldo to your country and all the Thailand who you know who remember the old United have gone, yeah, well, you know, they're buzzing for it, so they want to go yeah. and see it. So I, th- I think if they didn't take Ronaldo, it'd be like a, a commercial own goal as well, because I mean, like then t- the next time mm. they want to go on a tour, Thailand would be like, well, who are you going to bring? Yeah. We know we Manchester United. See Phil Jones, are we? we know United don't do things fast anyway, do we? No. It's like, well, I think the key Fernandes word in this whole thing... Years. <laughs> yeah. was exit, yeah. took two years. The, whole, the key word in this whole thing, I think, is suitable offer, whatever that means. Mm. What do Manchester United deem a suitable offer? That's what the back pages are saying. Cristiano Ronaldo could be on his way out of Manchester United. Those are the rumours we don't know just yet, but we'll keep you up to date on the podcast every Monday, Wednesday and Friday whilst it is pre-season. And then when the curtain raiser begins on the 6th of August, we'll be back to daily podcasts. And I'm sure we'll know by that stage whether Cristiano Ronaldo is staying or leaving Manchester United. Right, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Gabriel Jesus and Calvin Phillips next. One's left Manchester City, one's come in. We'll do it after this on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.
Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social, a daily Premier League podcast, an award-winning podcast as well during the football season. Hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode again. My name's Niall. I've got Liam. I've got Marley. I've got Jim in the studio with me. And we're going to talk about Arsenal now because Gabriel Jesus has officially, after ages, Marley, put pen to paper and signed at the Emirates Stadium. We knew this was happening. We knew it was coming. We've been talking about it for a month. Finally, Arsenal have got the deal done. Do you think it's a good one for both parties? I do, yeah. I think it's. Um, I think Arsenal get what they want, which is sort of mobile striker who's going to score, score enough goals. I think there's a bit of criticism recently about how he's only only scored 14 goals or something like that. But uh, in the Premier League, as as his sort of best ever season. But I think Nketiah was the top scorer last season, and he got about seven. So <laughs> if you're looking at that, it's, he scored twice as many goals. So mm. I think with um, with Arsenal's new team, you know, Liam mentioned it before, how they're all sort of young. And this this fits in. He's he's young, but he's not too young. Like he's got experience in the Premier League. He's been around for three or four years at Man City, doing um, doing a pretty important role in that team as well. Like you know, coming off the bench and replacing Aguero and playing in a team that play on the floor and mm. worked with Arteta before, knows what he's about. I think that was a big thing for for the pull of Arsenal because you know, on the basis of it, you're going from ch- Champions League and Premier League um, challenging side to to a side which isn't you know, his target is to get into the uh, to finish fourth basically so yeah. it is a step backwards but I think Arteta is has seen um, what he can do in that team and I think it works for him and the price is the price is about right mm. you know they've signed Haaland for for a very similar fee to what they've sold Jesus for it's like ten or twelve million apart so you know it's good business for everyone really yeah I mean I think what made me laugh on social media today Jim was. As I mentioned before, we've been waiting for this Jesus deal to go through for mm. absolutely ages. The uh, the unveiling, they had him stood on a gantry right at the top of the Emirates <laughs> Stadium with his arms out like Christ the Redeemer in Rio de, Rio de Janeiro. And people were saying, well, it must be the health and safety forms getting him up right <laughs> yeah. on the top of the stadium, which is why it's taken so long to announce it. Uh, are you in a similar boat to Mali when it comes to this deal? Because I don't think I've seen anyone really say, oh, it's bad business for Arsenal or it's bad business for Manchester City. I think when he arrived at City, he came as almost a, a was he a teenager or 20 or something? He yeah. was quite young and he was supposed to be the heir to Aguero. As Marley said, didn't really work out that way. He's been a decent player, maybe not quite at the level to take Manchester City where they want to be. Hence, Haaland's come in, he's left. Arsenal get a decent player. It seems to work all around, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. And I think it was always going to be a punt for Manchester City bringing in this player from Brazil who was relatively unheard of at the time. He was 20 years old, as you said. I think his mum came and moved over with him because he was so young and he didn't want to feel homesick. So his mum came from Brazil as well, started living in Manchester. But it's a decent deal for everyone, isn't it? 45 million quid is a decent transfer fee. Mm. I think it could take Manchester City's income from transfers past 300 million this summer from yeah. all the kind of like youth players yes. and development players yes. they've sold and it shows the type of business they're yeah. doing they're pretty smart and they're, they're selling these youth players for 10 I think Romeo Lavia and Bazunu have both gone to Southampton I think yeah. it's 20 million for the both of them which is really pretty it's, good it's business. not massive fees but it's kind of drips and drabs I mean yeah. they, they're going to have to start crowing about net spend pretty soon they're <laughs> going to carry on that type of business but I think Gabriel Jesus deserves a chance as well and I think he was never massively popular with City fans because they criticised his finishing. They didn't think he was as lethal as maybe he potentially needed to be. And I guess that was in the shadow of Aguero because there were very few more lethal strikers in Premier League history than Sergio mm. Aguero in terms of gobbling up chances. And maybe Jesus didn't quite have that level of cutting edge, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player by any means. And I think he fits well into that Arsenal model. As we said, young players, hungry players. I can see him linking up really well with Martinelli, who I think is a, mm. a great player and could be about to have his breakthrough season. So I think it makes really good business sense for everyone. OK, Gabriel Jesus has left the Etihad, signed for Arsenal, but someone's come into the Etihad this morning. Calvin Phillips has signed on a six-year contract for Manchester City, joined from Leeds United. There was a time, Marley, where nobody could ever imagine Calvin Phillips leaving Leeds United. It was almost as if he didn't want to upset his nan, who's a diehard Leeds fan, (laughs) by leaving the club. Manchester United were interested. They got palmed off pretty quickly, I think, because of the rivalry between Leeds and and Manchester United. But it is Man City. Six-year contract. Can you see him slotting into a Pep Guardiola system, or do you think it might take a bit of adaptation for him? Uh, it's kind of like my my enemy's enemy is my friend, isn't it? So <laughs> can't go to Man United, so I go to Man City. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think with with anything, with well, with any player that signs to Man City, there's a certain um, 
uh, adaptation period where you've got to get used to it because it's a different level to what anyone's playing uh, before. No, no, uh, um, no disrespect to Leeds, but it's like you know, it's it's levels above that. Um, the one thing I would say is I think Phillips is well versed in being coached by a manager who's similar to Guardiola in mm. Bielsa, because um, I think it's, it's probably about two. Two years ago, when Leeds came up to the Premier League, and everyone was saying how Phillips should be in the England squad when it, when Leeds were just coming out of the Championship, um, and people were saying like Leeds fans were saying like he was literally just a squad player for us before yeah. Bielsa came in, um, and he needed he was just a player that needed the right coach at the right time, and he needed responsibility and he needed recognizing like mm. as, as to what an important player he could be. And we've seen him when he came into the Premier League, you know, he he stepped up perfectly and. He was massive for Leeds. He was in the England squad, England regular, played every game yeah. pretty much at the Euros. I think that's what changed public perception of Phillips. I think there were a lot yeah. of people, neutrals, that were saying, why is Calvin Phillips starting for England in the midfield? But then he had a really good Euros, him and yeah, Rice. Yeah, brilliant. No, him and Rice was perfect together. Yeah. Like Rice would sit and Phillips would be like the attack dog who'd go and, go and chase the ball around and win the ball back. But I think with, um, you know, he struggled last season with injury and then Bielsa went and obviously he's got to, he'd have a lot to... Uh, change to with with Jesse Marsh now it's a completely different system um, and approach to everything with Bielsa with his high risk tactics I don't think Marsh is is quite like that so it's probably time for him to go yeah right I'll I'll make this step now um, and if you know if Pep Guardiola and Man City want you it's hard to turn mm. to turn that down isn't it so you're always gonna be tempted by that uh, by that move and. You know, Man City are just building a little Yorkshire mafia now with John Stones and uh, <laughs> Kyle Walker and now Phillips. So Scott Carson's around as well. I think he's technically Cumbrian, but you know he lived, he played in Leeds as well a few years ago. So yeah, it's um, I think it's a good move for everyone, really. Yeah, I think so. And, I and think... Fernandinho's gone. So yeah, of course. Yeah, Fernandinho's gone with a nice little heartfelt message as well to say thanks to the City fans. Do you think there's anything in the fact that Calvin Phillips is a an English player, so he meets this homegrown rule, Jim, which I think is becoming more and more important now for clubs as time goes on because you see this English tax that we talk about where players cost more because they're, they're British or Irish or whatever and they fall into this homegrown category. Do you think that's had anything to do with that potential signing? Potentially, but I think City are pretty well stocked in terms of yeah, like English blood. And Stones that's and Walker. Walker and yeah. Stones, as you said. Then they've got Calvin Phillips, Cole Palmer, Phil Foden. Yeah, yeah. Jack Grealish. Carlton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sterling for the time Big being. Big Scott Carson. So yeah. all right. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about the Phillips deal is if he's going to play that much, because I don't think he's better than Rodri. I think Rodri's first choice and Phillips is maybe... Rodri was brilliant last season as well. Yeah, and I don't think... I mean, I might be wrong with this, but I think Phillips plays better as part of that two holding roles when you've got Rice and Phillips or who would he have played alongside at Leeds with Bielsa's double pivot. I can't remember who he yeah, would yeah. be alongside. Sometimes click... Or sometimes Strauch, but but, but I can't see yeah. Guardiola playing two, two very very yeah. bad players. Could you imagine? You can't imagine Pep Guardiola going into many games with Rodri and Phillips playing holding roles. I no, don't think. not unless he's in the Champions League final and he decides he needs to play none of two them. defensive <laughs> midfielders. Was, yeah, was it? <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get. My, my we might see a change, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't think he's quite Man City's level. And and Leeds fans will help that because he hate that because he's a hero. But I I just don't think he's quite there at the level that we expect to see from Manchester City players. That said, Pep Guardiola very rarely gets these things wrong. And he's bought, if you look at all his transfers, he either brings them in and they are a success instantly or he has 12 months to be reprogrammed by... Pep Guardiola's mind washing machine and then they become brilliant players so let's not judge it too early um, but it'll be interesting to see whether he firstly gets games and secondly how quickly he adapts into the system yeah because Grealish has had loads of stick hasn't he yeah for being 100 million quid and not adapting quickly enough but yeah. then again it took Mares a season and he's become really important it takes everyone 12 months for some reason yeah 12 months of City to get your head around what Pep Guardiola what the f- he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> but I, I seem to remember that a lot of players have that in the Premier League in general I think the one that sticks out for me was Didier Drogba when he first signed for Chelsea 15-20 mm. years ago it took him a season and everyone was saying who's this guy Drogba he's no good and the next season 
just exploded and, and was brilliant. So, you know, sometimes it does take a year or so for, for players to come good. We're going to move on now and talk about Everton, who have signed uh, Burnley, well, former Burnley player, James Tarkovsky, 29 years of age, on a free transfer. He's left Burnley. We talk about sensible signings, Marley. Is that is that one of them? It's one you mentioned last week on the podcast when we knew that Richarlison was leaving to go to Tottenham. That's been sealed and delivered now for Tottenham. They've signed Richarlison. They need to replace him. But first of all, Everton had a shocking defensive record last season. They need to put that right. So they've signed someone in Tarkovsky with a bit of experience. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of experience. Um, I don't think he's the best defender in the world. I'm not sure he's much better than what they've got in terms of on paper, um, but Mina might be. I think Mina might be leaving. Um, so if the, if they're gonna sort of preempt that, I think was it free transfer as well. So yeah, you know, it makes sense. You know, it, he's probably the best defender that's gone down. Um, with you know, if you're looking at getting bargains and, and taking mm. taking chances on players, you know, he's 29. I think they put him on 100 odd grand a week, which is mental really I but it's it's Everton it's finance so it's not exactly a surprise um I I just think with Everton they they're going to struggle again I don't think I can't see them doing much to get them anywhere near the top half to be honest I think what their squad is just worse than what it was a few years ago and with the the financial restrictions they've got coming um I can't see them sort of pushing on. I think Lampard will be fighting relegation again this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tarkowski, I mean, he's been, maybe he's, he's preempted that and gone, you know, well, we need defenders. If we can't defend like we did last season. We've got to get someone in. And, you know, Tarkowski, he's risk-free, isn't he? You know, he's, he's had Premier League experience. He's free. He's 29. He's not going to get any work. Well, he's not going to get any... He's like the finished article, basically. He's, he's as good as he's going to be. Yeah. So, you know, it's... it's Makes sense, but mm. I just don't think I don't think he's that good. What I, what I thought was interesting was that Aston Villa were allegedly interested in picking up Tarkovsky, and we've spoken to a few Villa fans on the show in the past, and they've kind of had few question marks over the stability of Concer and Mings and Courtney Hawes at the back for Aston Villa, and maybe Tarkovsky would have solidified that. But allegedly, talking with Lampard sealed the move to Everton from Tarkovsky's point of view. Maybe staying in the northwest was a bit of a help as well, Jim. But it's interesting after we often talk about Steven Gerrard's status and his ability to sign Coutinho and have Villa linked mm. with Suarez and stuff that actually a player has opted to go and sign for Frank Lampard's team <laughs> rather yeah. than Steven Gerrard. But, I mean, it says talking to Lampard helped him make that decision. We don't know whether it was just talking to him going, wow, you're an England legend, yeah. I want to play for you, or whether it was him going, look, you are going to be... Or maybe 100 grand a week. Well, well yeah, and, and, and the, prom- the game time he was going to get. Yeah. So it was Lampard mm. saying, look, you are going to be First the rock choice. of my defence. You're going to be playing week in, week out, which Tarkovsky will want that going into the World Cup. He'll still believe that he's got a role to play in England's squad in Qatar, and he needs to be playing week in, week out to get that position his. So he'll be wanting game time, and maybe Everton could promise that. Mm. I think Everton, there's going to be some changes to that squad. Over yeah. between now and the beginning of the season because they're still under huge pressure from financial fair play. It's why we saw the Richardson deal go through so quickly because it had to be done by June 30th mm. to fit in with the... FFP. The, yeah, exactly. Well, so, not that that's really a thing anymore. It well, seems there's some sort of financial regulation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there were, there were rumours about Burnley allegedly f- filing a complaint against Everton or some kind of legal proceedings because they've made £300 million in mm. losses or something and it breaks financial fair play. So I wonder whether that's there's something yeah. in, there could be in a, that deal here as well. We talk about Burnley and I'll talk about Fulham a bit later as well, teams that have come up to the Premier League. Burnley have obviously gone down. Bit of a kind of a fire sale or at least a mass exodus with me has left on a free transfer. Tarkovsky's gone. Nick Pope has left the club. I think Dwight McNeil might even mm. be interesting clubs in the Premier League as well for a potential move. So that's really interesting. They're remodelling though, Burnley, aren't they? Because yeah. they've bought in Vincent Company, who's going yeah. to be a very different manager to the managers they've seen at that football yeah. club previously. So the personnel has to change. They still brought in someone really tough and hard, just a totally different style. Yeah. Vincent <laughs> Company rather than Sean Dyche. Still wouldn't fight him. <laughs> uh, final one we're going to talk about, and we'll come to Liam for this one. He's uh, on work experience with us at Sports Social today. Dean Henderson, loaned to Nottingham Forest by Manchester United. Is that a good move for the player, a good move for Nottingham Forest? They get someone who knows the Premier League and is looking to kind of establish himself as a number one? Yeah, well, actually, I know Forest quite well. I went to the playoff final 
uh, earlier in the year. Mm. I've been to a few games this season. My mate's a massive Forest fan. I've been to a few games with him. They need a keeper. They right. definitely need a new number one. I think they've got Bryce Samba yeah. as their number one at the moment. From what I've seen of him, I don't think he's at that level for Premier League. Sure. I think Dean Henderson's perfect for them because he was getting no minutes at United. Mm. Um, he was he he had a bit of an icy relationship with the club. I mean, there was a lot of rumours about him potentially leaking information to the press last year, which I don't know how true that is, but apparently he was one of them. Mm. I think it's perfect. I think probably should have got a fee for him, probably should have sold him instead of a loan, because I think, I don't know why, but we just seem to be unable to sell players. But I just I think it's the perfect move for him, because he, w- he will be starting games, probably, because, like I say, Bryce Samber, I don't think he's up to that level. And mm. I think Dean Henderson's a lot better keeper than yeah. him. And I think it's perfect. I think he'll, he he will improve. And if he does end up, because obviously De Gea is potentially coming to the end of his United career, I think he's got two seasons left in him. Mm. Potentially De Henderson could go away to Forest and make a career for himself there. Or he could come back and be do, our number one. Do you think that's his level now? Because he went to Sheffield United, didn't yeah. he, on loan? And that's bottom half of the Premier League. He, they were promoted at the time. Yeah, I think... I mean, we saw him. We saw a lot of him last season for United because obviously De Gea. Don't know really what happened with him, but mm. Dean Henderson came in. I thought he played a few big games. He played obviously Manchester derby, kept a clean sheet. He played against Liverpool, I think, in the FA Cup, mm. and he he played. He he was he was pretty good, and I think if he can get first team experience at Nottingham Forest, I think he does have the potential to be United's number one but mm. not at the moment I think he needs that experience at Forest and I think it's the perfect place for him to go because mm. he will get minutes as the number one OK well Nottingham Forest have signed the Manchester United keeper Dean Henderson on loan for the season how will they do in their first campaign back in the Premier League for 23 years well Fulham another promoted team certainly didn't have to wait that long we're going to talk a little bit about them next after this on Football Social Daily as well as the latest back page transfer gossip see you after this <laughs> Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back. Final part of today's show. This is Football Social Daily. I'm going to dive straight into the gossip on the back pages. And Jim, you'll be delighted to know that West Ham are in the papers today. Um, not because they're about to sign someone, but because they're taking ages to sign someone, which doesn't sound like much of a surprise by the look on your face. No, par for the course. Par for the course. Villarreal player Arnaut Danjuma and Jesse Lingard are the two names that are, are named in the newspapers. No further progression on either of these deals, according to the journalists today. Lingard potentially iron up Everton as a last resort if needed. Is this just typical West Ham? Interested in players but being very slow to get their business done. They do seem incredibly slow and it's always the same story and I think part of the reason for West Ham being slow is they only ever negotiate one deal at a time. <laughs> so it's, you laugh but that's genuinely how they do it. So it's like they knew they needed a centre-back 
And so that was deal number one. Second deal was going to get Ariola over the line. So they got that done. Now mm. they're looking at a kind of attacking midfielder. Once that's done, they're going to be looking at a striker. And then once the striker's done, they're going to be looking at a left back. That's kind of the priority order. But they like to know what's left and in the kitty. they're going to run out of time. Yeah, yeah. well, that's... that's exactly. We forgot about yeah. right back. And it happens every time. And you get a message from David day. Sullivan going, yeah. we tried. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We put a bid in of £4 million for a £40 million player on the final day of the window. That's... Yeah, we tried. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't think either of these deals will happen, to be honest with you. I think Darjuna, his, his temperament has been questioned yeah. in the past. And I think David Moyes holds above anything else that kind of squad unity and I think that togetherness is one of the reasons West Ham have been so successful over the last two seasons is they play together as a unit and if you bring someone in that disrupts that which is potentially why Haller didn't really make it at West Ham particularly because his temperament wasn't right he didn't really seem to have that team mentality and I think David Moyes is cautious about disrupting Mm. that so I don't think that one will happen Does Lingard have that? Well it would seem so because Lingard bonded so well with the team in his first loan spell Sure, but I think if Lingard was going to happen, it would have happened by now. I, don't, I think the, the, the money that Lingard wants is more money than Lingard is worth. And so the whatever he's demanding a week, I think it's around 170 grand a week or something insane like that. Sheesh. I can't see West Ham forking that out. So unless he lowers his demands, I don't think that's one's going to happen. But it is a problem for West Ham at the moment. Jakob Milenko's left. Mm. Antonio remains the only striker. Vlasic hasn't really worked out. He'll probably go on loan somewhere or leave the club this summer. So there's a bit of Ben Rama as well. There's questions about his future at West Ham, whether he's going to go this summer. So there's a bit of an issue in terms of attacking personnel and we do need to fill that position. But I don't think either of those will be the transfers that happen. Who would you rather have out of the two? Would you rather have Jesse Lingard, who, as you mentioned, really lit things up at that loan spell at London Stadium? Would you rather have Arnout Danjuma, whose temperament, as you mentioned, has been called into question by some newspapers and media sources but he's also won a Europa League and he's been part of a BRL side that got to the later stages of the Champions League against many odds so mm. who, who would you rather have out of the two? I mean Dan Juma feels like one of those West Ham signings that feels full of promise we spend a load of money and it never quite works out <laughs> whereas Jesse Lingard's kind of done it and proven that he can do it not just in the Premier League but in a West Ham shirt so mm. I think probably if, if we could get him for the right price Jesse Lingard on a free rather than Danjuna for, I think it's 40 million euros, what's that, 30 million quid, is the suggested fee. I think Lingard's probably the better option because there needs to be a decent amount in the bank to fill that striking role because they're desperate in need of a a 20-goal-a-season striker and they're not cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Strikers are currency in football, aren't they? Uh, A player who certainly won't leave cheap is Bernardo Silva. If he is to leave Manchester City for Barcelona, that's what one newspaper is saying. We saw reports linking him with an exit last season, Marley. Never happened. He stayed and had a brilliant season. Do you think there is any truth in his desire to move on? Because we keep seeing this bubble up and simmer up that he wants to leave Manchester City. And will City let him leave, considering Raheem Sterling's probably going to be out the door as well? Um, I don't know. It, it does seem like he wants to... To go, I think he he admitted last season that last summer he wanted to, he was thinking about going and he was persuaded to stay. And you know, I think the first half of last season he was the best player in the league by, by it was him and Salary were just on a different level to everyone else. He was scoring mad goals, running games from midfield, and maybe maybe Man City are going. You know what? If we link him with somewhere else, maybe he'll uh, play mint again next season. But uh, <laughs> no, it's um, it, it's just one of them as well. Like who's going to buy him? Like. He's been linked with with Barcelona, who haven't got two pennies to rub together, but are being linked with every every bloody player yeah. in existence. They want Lewandowski. I don't they know where want... they get their money from. Well, they, they, haven't, they haven't got it. <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing. Everybody's every time they want to a player, they just seem to be able to produce money from the Catalan coffers. Yeah, they're yeah. just sort of renting out a stadium for weddings at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! I'm not surprised. But <laughs> I mean, this is a very Alan Partridge slash Richard Madley question, but. <laughs> if Manchester was five degrees warmer and had a beach, do you think players would stay for longer? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I do think it's it's to do with the, the climate, um, which is Bernardo's thing. I think I think he's mentioned it in the past. You know, he's he, he likes the, the warmer weather. I mean, it's, we, do, we sort of play down what, what sort of... Because we, we never really know what players really think about mm. players they live. We, we always talk about London being this, like, massive pull for, for certain players and you get there and you realise that it's not that good and then you, and then it's still cold it's still a big city there's still no beaches you know 
it's not it's not Lisbon or Barcelona or Madrid or something like that, is it? It's not one of them or Rome or something like that. Some amazing city. It's just a a big smoggy building clad <laughs> city. It's not it's not amazing. So then you go to Manchester, which probably has the the reputation of just like London, but not as good. <laughs> like for foreigners, like that's what they think, and it's it's not. It's like it's the same really. But you never know what how players you know. Coming from from Lisbon, you know, it's one of the like the metropolis cities, like proper nice stuff and all the rest of it. Then you come to Manchester, and it's a big, it's a big difference. So you never know how players like react with that. And even though Bernardo's playing his best football on the pitch, you there, there's always going to be something in his head which goes, "I'd love it to be a bit warmer. <laughs> I'd love to I speak would. Spanish to everyone." <laughs> a, lot, a lot of footballers' lives are not football. I think that's important to remember because they have two hours training a day. Yeah, and they have. An afternoon yeah, where they walk the dog or whatever. Exactly. So yeah. what happens around the game and the training ground, I think, is increasingly important and probably more important than it is for the rest of us in our kind of work-life yeah. balance. And I think Bernardo as well is like, he's, he's not a normal footballer. He's not flashy. He's not no. out clubbing. He's not wearing like ridiculously expensive clothes. Like me and him, I've got the same barber. <laughs> like swear to God, yeah, down just down the well. It, uh, the the guy that cuts our has actually moved now, so I don't know whether he's found him again. But he's um he's just a normal guy, you know. He pays twenty quid for a haircut, not two grand like Pogba. Or you never pay twenty Sterling. quid for a haircut. Not this one. No, <laughs> I, I went to the uh, the my local one. Got got it for twelve. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you know he's just a normal guy. So with that, you know, he doesn't live in his own bubble where he can go and do everything what he wants to do. You know, he, he lives almost like a, a proper family man sort of thing. So if his family would be happier abroad, I think that's what drives him a little bit. Yeah. But it, it's that thing again, who who pays for him? Who can who can afford a fee for a, for a player as good as him in the prime of his career at 27 uh, and, and pay the transfer fee and then come and get him? Cause... What did he cost you? 70 million? No. He's, I think he's worth that, though. I think he's more than that. More, more than seven. Mm. Well, we'll yeah, ne- we're yeah, not sure. I, yeah. I mean, it's just rumours at the moment. Mm. Just rumours. I think it's an interesting debate to have, actually, just generally about what goes into transfers, the weather, the climate, mm. how quickly you can get back home, all these sorts of things. Um, when Marley started slagging off London, I thought Jim was going to jump out of his chair and go for him then. I thought he was going to say, don't you slag <laughs> Jim, off my home Jim, used to live in London and now lives in Manchester. There's the, <laughs> the reason I live in Manchester. There you go. <laughs> well, There's no more perfectly qualified to pack me up. <laughs> well, let's talk about a London club and one that has certainly had some stigma attached to it, and that's Fulham, a club which is a, 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 a nice club, I think we can say that, a nice club, Fulham. Um, their Sorry, first club. their first signing is a £20 million deal for a sporting player. Joao Paulinha, don't know much about him. I'm not going to profess that we do. I don't know if any of you boys do. But I think we should speak about Fulham in general, Jim, to be honest. We haven't spoken about them all summer. They've been quiet, but they dominated the championship last season, really. They ended up winning it. Bournemouth came up as well. So too Nottingham Forest. We say this every time. We see them come up and down and up and down. Do they stand a better chance of staying up this season than the last couple of seasons and the season before that and all, all the other times that they've come back up? No. <laughs> I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't dominate the championship as much last season as they have in previous years. True. So I don't see why they'd stand a better chance of staying up than they have in previous years. I guess the one potential positive you'd look at if you're a Fulham fan is they don't seem to have been quite as crazy with the checkbook so far. Yeah. this year like when we see Fulham come up previously they spend a load of money it? four seasons ago I think the first season we were doing this podcast did they spend a hundred and something million, million? Something yeah. million yeah. yeah which at, at the time was a joke and it brought in a load of players that weren't quite up to the job but at the same time it disrupted the squad they had mm. who had won the promotion in the first place Yeah. so I wonder whether there's a slightly different model going into Fulham this time in that A they want financial security so if they do get relegated, it's not a fire sale and they don't have to get rid of all their players instantly and start again. They've kind of got a unit that they can promote and relegate and kind of with a few exceptions here and there. And two, whether they want to keep that kind of winning mentality that the team has. They want to keep them together and kind of build on the momentum that they've had. That we kind of saw, saw I mean, we saw at Sheffield United in their first season. We saw it at Brentford when they came up. It was kind of pretty much the same unit and they did well establishing themselves in the Premier League after that, obviously. Sheffield United didn't go well beyond that and we don't know what's going to happen to Brentford this season but yeah I think they've got as much chance as they have had previously but Fulham's record is not great in terms of securing Premier League survival Mm. just finally then on today's show Fulham are going to stay up Marley how much 
does Mitrovic need to fire in the Premier League this time? He's had a couple of bites. Never really happens. One of those in-between players who's too good for the Championship, not quite good enough for the Premier League. Mm -hmm. He needs to make himself good enough for the Premier League because if he does, Fulham will have a much better chance of staying up, in my opinion. Yeah, he does. You know, he broke the Championship goal-scoring record last last year, didn't he? But I think I've said before, when, when Fulham did come up, um, we talked about him towards the end of last season, it was... It's just Fulham's style of play. They they dominate possession in the Championship and they don't get that time with the ball in the Premier League, which is mm. when you've got a, a striker like Mitrovic who who is a target man. You know you need to build up to him and get him. You need to get the ball up the field and then he can stand in the box and head crosses in or you know make himself a bully in the box and stuff like that. He's not really a counter attacking player where you win the ball back and you slide it in behind and he runs away from two defenders and scores. He's it's it's. It's how Fulham impose themselves on matches that they need to, to find a balance with, I think, and that's what will get the best out of Mitrovic. But with that step up, you know, they've not done it in previous years. They've, they've tried to play nice, pretty football and they've, they've just found the level too high for them. Um, so that has to change this this year. I don't know whether they're going to... Well, it doesn't feel like they're going to change much because <laughs> you don't change, you know, you don't change your philosophy when it's got you out of the championship in, yeah. in almost record time, you know. It's... You, you, chances are you're going to do roughly the same as what you have been doing because it works. But, um, yeah, the, I think they've just got to roll the dice again. Um, Marco but, Silva back in the Premier League as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, to be fair, I think the the difference now between what they've had before is I think that they've came up this season with the best manager they've ever come up with. I think Marco Silva's better than... Was it Jukanovic who got him up last time? and um, I forget who it was the time before that, but... It's um, it feels like he's the best one. However, <laughs> will he be in a job at Christmas? I'm not sure, because <laughs> if they lose eight of the first ten, he ain't, he ain't sticking around. Yeah. Sean Dyche will be back, or something like that. <laughs> it's probably too. Sure, early. That's my prediction for, for the new season. Sean Dyche will manage one of the three champ- championship sides. Sean Dyche at Fulham up. sounds like the biggest oxymoron you could ever have. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> yeah. Sean Dyche down by the Thames eating his prawn sandwiches. I can no, see I Dyche can't. at Forest, me. Forest makes sense. I can't see Dyche at Bournemouth either. <laughs> I can't see that one working. It's yeah. like a clash I, of philosophies. I can picture uh, photos of him in the newspaper, like on a surfboard in Bournemouth or something. With a What's can the, of carling in his hand or something. He, he likes a festival, though, doesn't he, he Dyche? Yeah, what, he is does. it Boardmasters down, yeah, yeah. down oh, in Bournemouth, is it? Yeah. <laughs> He'll be down there partying. <laughs> um, just quickly then, it's probably too early to tell. Fulham staying up, yes or no, Marley? No. Jim? I don't think so. Liam? Oh, okay, okay. Two da- two going down, one staying up. Um, and you can stay up to date with us here on Football Social Daily. Hit subscribe Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays for the time being whilst we are out of season. But when the Premier League campaign kicks off again in early August, which is I think about four weeks away now, so not long, it'll be honest before you know it, then we'll be back to daily podcasts. So make sure you hit subscribe, as I say, and that way you won't miss it. But that's it from us on today's Football Social Daily, and we'll catch you on the next one. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.